Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I have titled this episode, Rage Against the Establishment, Exposing Extinction in the Post-Human Era. Well, with that episode title like that, I'm pretty sure you can understand what's going on. We're to be talking about Americans being angry at the establishment, these Amazonian fires, as well as as well as the Hong Kong protests. Uh, apparently, Chick Fil A and Popeye had a contest. The only one that won was KFC. We'll discuss that later. As well as human supremacy rapidly coming to an end. Yeah, life is getting increasingly crazy. And that leads me to my next point. I'm going to be taking a break next week, so go ahead and get as much as you can with this episode out of it, because I will not be here next week. I know. We also did a mini-cast earlier this week, a two-part one. Seems like that's going to keep happening. The Elites Creating Fake Prophecy, which you can find in the description bar below, and Spiritual Equilibrium, the part two, which is available only for exclusive members. Now, before we start the show, when I come back from that break, I'm going to give five exclusive memberships away. So I'll see you guys after that. And with that being said, let's start the show. Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and this is show number 909, season 9, episode 9. Boy, do we have a lot of different things to talk to you guys about. The Hong Kong protests, all the opioids and the drugs that are being polluted into the system, into our system, uh, the Silicon Valley social credit score system, as well as 5G, and so much more. But before we get into this, before we get into some of this goodness, let me, let me tell you guys uh, what is going on in the personal life and why we will be taking a break next week. There will not be a Factions of Freedom episode. Uh, I'm debating on whether or not we'll actually do Fellowship and Freedom this next week as well, so I can just finish it out proper and come back the week after that refreshed, refined, focused, driven, ready. You see, as I talk about all the time, America is underneath undergoing its own form of radicalization. They're getting us prepared for war. They're getting us prepared for some kind of conflict. They're getting us prepared and desensitized for something that I truly think we will not be ready for. And my one little break is not meant to prepare me for whatever is unpreparable. Not at all. If anything, the break that I'm taking is to get connected deeper with myself. This is a theme that you guys have seen us talk about throughout the entirety of the week. We discussed it on the Spiritual Equilibrium, or the Leads Creating Fake Prophecy in the Spiritual Equilibrium uh, minicast, which is available to exclusive members. Part two is, at least. Uh, we, we, we speak on this, how people are not able to communicate with themselves uh, and how they're not able to connect with themselves after that. And so this is also part of the radicalization process in which under America's undergoing. I mean, I think everybody understands that the entire world is being whipped into a fervor, whipped into a political frenzy. Some of it by design, some of it accidental, and some of it organic. But without looking at all that and taking a personal look at myself, as you guys have heard me talk about time and time again, the green mirror and the black mirror, looking at myself through the black mirror and the green mirror lens, I'm realizing that as much work as we are putting out, 
it might be time to start throttling things. And this break is to help with that. We need to figure out what we're doing with Liberation Legion, coming up with a basically a hub that isn't over here on Factions of Freedom and Freedom, Freedom Faction. We have so much work that we need to do, and it's also because you guys want a deeper part of what it is that we're doing. With the flagship show, we're able to inform you and keep you educated and, uh, uh, I guess, edutained about everything that's going on. But what about the people who don't want to be edutained? What about the people who want to change? The people that want to grow? The people that actually want to know the deeper aspects of everything that's going on? As I keep trying to reiterate to you great people, that's exactly what Liberation Legion is for. And we can't really get into the mindset that is appropriate for true conscious media while we are uh, hunting for news, you see. So there's a number of reasons why we need to take the break. I'm just letting you guys know that there will be a break taken. Next week, we will, we will not be here, uh, but we will be there the following week after. And with that being said, let's start the show. So, as I said before... <laughs> We are all undergoing our own version of a radicalization process. The entire country, the entire world, has been whipped into a fervor, a political frenzy, almost by design. I mean, if you go back to like 2016, maybe 2015, I think it was like the, the, the yeah, it's 2016, uh, The Economist magazine, where they had Trump in the tarot cards, because that was it. This is in the cards. This is the Illuminati card game. Uh, you know, one of the things... That I find myself gravitating to when I when I start thinking about this because I'm going to be reading to you guys an article about how 70% of the American population is frustrated with the political establishment. Remember, a few weeks ago, I had read to you an article about how the politicians are preparing uh, escape plans just in case the public goes violent against them. This is all in the cards. You see, uh, they're they're preparing martial law in Hong Kong. You know, uh, we. We really haven't even heard a whole lot about the Yellow Vests, and that's all been designed to keep that out of the news, to stop inspiring other people to take up revolution. We dealt with regime change in Venezuela earlier this year, and we still have Antifa roaming about here in the country, as well as uh, right-wing extremists, let's call it what it is, right-wing extremists who are taking the law into their own hand. These are the days of vigilantes. These are also the days of gangs. This is what I mean by the radicalization that we are undergoing. To some degree, we're also talking about the societal collapse, uh, the socioeconomic reformation, and so much more. That's why the time frame that we are truly in, it, it, it really is one of change. You see, you think Atlantis thought they were going to end? No. You think Rome thought they were going to fall? No. Would they recognize it when they were? You see, when you get to the mountaintop, you can either try to climb that next mountain, or you're, actually, that's what's going to happen. Even if you try, try to climb to that next mountain, you still got to get to the valley, son. You still got to go down into the valley. And that's where we're going right now. We're creeping into the valleys of darkness. I talked about it a lot more so last year. Uh, the deconstruction that America is undergoing. The reformation that we're beginning, beginning to find ourselves in. We touch on it time and time again. The regionalism, the regionalism that will be born uh, from globalism and nationalism. You see, populism and things of this nature. This is what I mean by the contention that is in the air. The radicalization that is taking place. This is the spirit of revolution around the entire world. Here, let me get into this article right here. We put this up August, uh, August 27th. It's from Max Lavo of Sons of Liberty Media. The article title is, 70% of Americans are angry at the political establishment. 
you figure. Are people finally beginning to wake up to the reality that we are living in? According to a new poll, 70% of Americans are now angry at the entrenched political establishment that is exerting control over every aspect of their lives. According to a newly released poll, an overwhelming number of Americans are pissed off at the political establishment that has been enslaving them for over a century. 70% of Americans said they feel mad, quote, because our political system seems to only be working for the insiders with money and power, like those on Wall Street or those in Washington. But that's exactly what happens when control is handed over to a few. And consolidation, a consolidation of power and money at the top occurs, and those who vote are the ones who get punished. Additionally, 43% of Americans said that the statement describes them, quote, very well. Jeff Horwitt of Heart Research Associates, who conducted the poll with GOP firm public, with GOP firm public opinion strategies, said, quote, four years ago, we uncovered a deep and boiling anger across the country engulfing our political system. Four years later, with a, with a different political leader in place, that anger remains at the same level. The question that decides the 2020 election may no longer be, are you better off or worse than you were four years ago? But instead, are you as angry as you are four years ago? Said Horowitz. Quote, and if it's that question, the answer is a deafening yes. Humans were not meant to be controlled and enslaved, and people are finally figuring out whether they are the masters or the slave. And for the majority, the conclusion is not a good one. Four years ago, 2015, when Barack Obama was still president, 39% of Republicans and 49% of Democrats reported that they were very frustrated with the political establishment. Now 29% of Republicans and 54% of Democrats remain frustrated with the entrenched political establishment. What they're trying to say is that Americans, <laughs> not even, we, we're all aware of the left-right paradigm. We all understand that we don't want to deal with Orange Man. Or with that witch Hillary Clinton. None of these people represent us. And as I've been trying to reiterate throughout uh, this season, we were not evil enough for Hillary Clinton. I've been, <laughs> I'll say this and I'll get into our next thing. I've been talking about this more so over Instagram Live with some of the questions uh, that people are asking about the emotional spectrum of things. And how, for me, it goes sad, angry, happy and blissful. I, I consider happy and blissful of two different things. You have to th will yourself into being happy. But if you stay sad and you bounce back and forth between sad and angry, you will never understand what it takes to be happy. The people who are trying to find happiness and salvation through the political system, they will never find it. These people want to be angry. They don't want to be happy. These people want to use government to control every single facet of your life. This is precisely what uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Green New Deal is. This is why you see Seattle getting on board, New York getting on board, uh, uh, Los Angeles also getting on board, and we will see other states across the entire country getting on board. But what is that? What is the Green New Deal? It's, just, it's the communist socialist takeover, where they're using environmentalism as the key. That's the Trojan horse. That's how they get you in there. You see... But if people are unable to filter out their own emotions, separate themselves from their thoughts and their feelings, well, then they're subject to all of these external factors. You're, you're, you, people are thinking that a law is going to give them freedom. They think that there is no law that can equal morality. Legality does not equal morality. That's one of the great stickers uh, that Jason Basser of the Free Thought Project, who just became a father, gave me. Congratulations, Jason. 
can't wait to meet them. Cassius. It's the son's name. But back to point, there is no law that can give you freedom. And sometimes what is legal does not mean moral. But because, again, people do not know themselves and they are constantly being misinformed, constantly being lied to, constantly being misdirected, how can they know what the truth is? I forget which CIA director said it, but they said that we will know our misinformation campaign is, is complete when no one knows what is true or false. This is what George Orwell created in 1984. This is the Ministry of Truth, where they continually cycle out information, ever, forever changing the current present, forever changing history to where we never know what's going on. This is why people can't ever feel uh, uh, satisfied. This is why they can never feel content. This is why they can never have a foundation because they're being lied to and misled. So yes, 70% of the American population being frustrated at the political establishment is very accurate. I'm surprised it's not more. But who else is upset with their own political establishment? Who else does not like to see things for where they're going? This is Greg Reese for Infowars.com in Hong Kong. What you're hearing right now is footage that has been caught from Greg Reese of Infowars.com. He is currently in Hong Kong watching as the police are beginning to, the police and military, are beginning to cross the bridge to install martial law. Disperse or we fire. You're seeing Hong Kong protesters rise up against their totalitarian government. Or at least against the totalitarian regime of China. Oh, he just used badminton. He just badminton that tear gas back at him. And now you got the cops coming at them. Crazy. Crazy. So here's, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to talk about this. What's going on in Hong Kong? They say that the East is the West now because you have people in Hong Kong promoting American values, waving the American flag, saying that it represents democracy. They even have Pepe the Frog, that little green frog that, 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 that trolls like to use. They have classic Americana symbols saying that the whole thing represents that. Free Hong Kong. They don't want to be tied in to authoritarian China. The extradition bill of having these people, uh, having these people extracted from their nation, from their country, and then standing trial in another. Let's take a listen. At this point, and they have, you can see they have their laser pens out, and they're aiming them down the street here towards where the police have ended up. The police are now regrouping there. It looks like they're going to be moving down this street towards these protesters. I would expect more tear gas. <laughs> Oh, 
genius. So choice. Uh, our audio listeners, unfortunately, you can't see this, but it seems like uh, civilians have somehow grabbed dividers or grabbed some kind of shield-like material, and it's as if they're mimicking what the police are doing. It truly is like something out of a movie, but this is no longer a movie. That's why you've seen it a thousand times. It's happening now. These are the days of history. Wow, yeah, no, I'll, I'll attach the link for the full part so you guys can check this out in the description bar below. But really, really powerful footage if you guys haven't checked it out. But they're considering martial law in Hong Kong to crush these pro-democracy protests. So you have people who are saying, we want the will of the people. We're trying to fight back against this. We want to know what's going on. China decides to send in its, its, its troops. Where else have we seen this, this level of globalization collusion? Where else have we seen this, this overarching hand of tyranny? First for the night, for Infowars.com reporting in Hong Kong, this is Greg Reese. Crazy. So yeah, I'll put the link for that in the description bar below. If you guys want to watch it, watch it in its entirety, it's very, very powerful. Uh, the footage itself is just mind-blowing. Uh, but here, let me get this article up here too so we can start talking about some of this goodness. Uh, but for our audio listeners, I'll just play this for you. It says that uh, Hong Kong protesters are, are beginning to destroy smart lampposts because they fear China is spying on them. This is from Ellen Loins. We put this up August 26th. It's from Business Insider. It says pro-democracy protesters in Hong Kong capped off a volatile weekend of protests by targeting the city's smart lampposts, which they fear the Chinese government is using to spy on them. The lampposts, the, fir the first 50 of which were installed in June, are part of a smart city initiative and have sensors and CC CCTV cameras to monitor illegal waste dump sites and traffic data, including license plate numbers, the South China, South China Morning Post reported in July. Protesters expressed concerns that the lampposts, which are also 5G Wi-Fi hubs, were being used by the Chinese government for surveillance of the ongoing protests. Hong Kong's government said, has said that the devices do not have facial recognition technology and know the data will not be shared with third parties, such as the Beijing government. However, with public trust in the government at a low, as protests continue for the third month, protesters demand that the lampposts be removed, with some going as far to vandalize them or completely destroy the devices. The 50 lampposts currently constructed were intended to be the first of 400. However, as the Hong Kong Free Press reported, Tic Tac Techno... Tic Tac Technology Limited, the tech company that provides part of the posts, will cease cooperation with the Hong Kong government after they said that their staff members were threatened. <laughs> the company stressed that it has no relationship with the mainland government, but the protesters were weary that the smart lampposts were connected to the mainland from firm uh, Shanghai Sensi, which, which provided one of the systems for the lighting of the lampposts. Quote, we understand that disputes in society over the past few months led the public to be cautious and mistrustful towards some technology. Tic Tac Technology said in a statement. The company also said it hoped its withdrawal could would calm fears and diffuse the tension between protesters and the government, the Hong Kong Free Press reported. So what they're saying is, no, we're not sending your information and your data back. No, we're not doing that. Why, why would we do such strange things? It's because people understand. You know, you've got, you've got protesters literally shining lights, high-powered lasers, into facial recognition cameras because they understand that the minute this stuff boils down is the minute that the secret police comes out that they begin to start disappearing some of these protesters 
I think what I find so so emboldening and so powerful is the fact that you have these people who understand the damages of communism, who understand the damage. And like these are the people that escaped Mao Zedong. These are the ones that got out of China and went to Hong Kong. It's like night and day. And I was thinking about this just the other day. Uh, it seems like Trump has something with, with 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 Asians because if it's not North Korea, now it's Hong Kong, it's China, it's all this stuff. But my point is this: what I find so powerful about this is that this is what I would think a revolution should look like. Not Antifa. Not us taking bike locks to children. Not us trying to scare little girls. Not us uh, beating people over the head. It's taking it to the government and taking it to the system. That's what we should be doing with that 70% of Americans being upset with the political establishment. We should not be uh, uh, getting back and forth and involved with, with, with the devil. Politicking with the devil. And I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek because guess who just dropped out of the presidential race? Christine Gillibrand, who has ties to the next of them cult. Her father is an active participant. So, no, you're not going to be the first lady and you're not going to be the, the president when you're connected to sex cults. This is what I mean by politicking with the devil. This is the type of revolution that I would like to see. I would like to see people unite over the idea of freedom. Being able to respond to these types of things. This is what I mean by the rage against the establishment. That's what we should be doing. We shouldn't be. <laughs> we, we should not be getting excited about Popeye's chicken and uh, uh, Chick-fil-A. You see, we should be uniting. Let me play for you guys another quick video, uh, and then we'll get into some of this goodness or some of the, some of the other news surrounding um, other environmental things that have taken place. Uh, but this is in the same vein Right here, we put this up August 28th. It says, uh, Christian Hong Kong protesters turn out in thousands, sing, the, sing a, hymn, a famous hymn in defiance. goosebumps right now. I wanted to play it twice just so you guys got what's going on. You're not going to hear Antifa out there gathering together to say say hallelujah to the Lord. They'll get out there and they'll praise the devil. And this is what I'm trying to tell you guys about. This is, this is why we are in such dire straits. They have removed the very thing that has given us our, our whole identity. And guess what? We're getting programmed now. This is what I'm talking about with the radicalization that we're undergoing. Just listening to those people just, just, just saying literally gave me goosebumps.
I kid you not. And this is, this is where we're at. So to the people of Hong Kong, I support you. Yes, I support that level of regime change because it's not even regime change. It's the people standing up for what they believe in, fighting for a country and a future that they want for their children. They don't want what the Chinese are offering. But let's switch gears. A little bit more talking about uh, rage against the establishment. Quick updates surrounding Jeffrey Epstein right here. Prince Andrew said that he is ready to talk to the FBI about his pedal pal, Jeffrey Epstein. We put this up August 26th. It's from News Punch by Sean Lobby. He says, Prince Andrew is now willing to squeal about pedophile billionaire pal Jeffrey Epstein to the, to the FBI, according to reports. Buckingham Palace aides say the Duke of York is willing to help authorities on both sides of the Atlantic if asked, saying, quote, members of the royal family would always cooperate with the police in an appropriate way. The Duke has come under increasing scrutiny recently over his friendship with the child sex trafficker. Last week, the, it was revealed that Prince Andrew spent nearly a week in Jeffrey Epstein's home two years after he had served a prison sentence for having sex with a child. DailyMail.co.uk reports last week it emerged that the Metropolitan, Metropolitan Police had decided not to investigate the claims first made in 2015 that the prince had sex with a 17-year-old victim of the pedophile financier who committed, sec, who committed suicide earlier this month awaiting trial on, child, on sex trafficking charges. Uh, but the FBI are investigating both the charges against Epstein and the circumstances surrounding his death. Lawyers for his alleged victims have urged the Duke to help them by telling the authorities what he knows. The Buckingham Palace has strenuously denied Andrew had any form of sexual contact or relationship with Virginia Roberts, who has made the allegations against him and was pictured with him in 2001. The suggestion that the prince could give, in, that the prince could give evidence as part of a police inquiry comes after he released a personal statement on the crisis. In it, he tried to downplay his friendship with Epstein, who was jailed in 2000, 2008 for having sex with a child, and said that he had never suspected him of any, of any criminal behavior. However, the statement failed to answer questions raised by Andrew's behavior, particularly his frequent visits to Epstein's many homes across the U.S. The Mail has submitted a list of 16 questions to Andrew's office in Buckingham Palace attempting to set the record straight. But while there were no still official answers forthcoming, sources have, been, have given clarification on top of what the published statement was. So basically what we're talking about is slow rolling it out. You know, there are prosecutors already saying to target the co-conspirators of Epstein. He did not act alone. We're, we're, we're getting to that. Now, whether or not, I don't think they'll kill Prince Andrew, but we'll see. You know, we're, we're talking about the, Brit, the, the, the Clinton body count. We're talking about elite child sex trafficking. We're not just talking about politicians. We're talking about financiers. We're talking about big tech. That's why Bill Gates isn't saying anything. That's why Bill Clinton, as soon as all this stuff started coming out, he tried to come out ahead of it, come up with a statement. So we will see. And I think, I think the reason why I wanted to put this here is because one of the questions I got when I had asked people, what is radicalizing America? One of the questions I got or the responses I got to that is the, the lack of justice surrounding the death of pedophiles. And I, and I say that because we had touched on it when I spoke about the, the, the culture of death that we are in, you guys can go back a few episodes where I break that down. I'm talking about this as the rage against the establishment because this is what people will rage about. If all else fails, take us to war. But before we get to war, we have to willingly go into it. That's what Antifa is. That's why they have to get us emotionally reactive. That's why they have to get us in our feelings, feeling some type of way, easily controlled so that they can dictate the outcome. People don't want to know what, what's going to happen. They don't want justice. They want vengeance. They want revenge. As I said before, 
uh, in the previous episode, people begin to project so much anger onto these figureheads that even if they were to, to, to receive justice, it wouldn't be enough. So you've got to think about the mindset that they are propagating out there. Yes, everybody, as I said before, th there were no laws being broken because everything was consensual. Everybody knew the deal. That's the problem about all of this. As I said before, legality doesn't equal morality, and there is no law that can give you freedom. This is an extraordinarily sticky topic. I, and I'm not excusing any of the behaviors of anybody involved. What I'm trying to tell you is that this is a archetype, and this will cause problems. People want to see what happens to Epstein, just the same way I told you people wanted to know if he was dead. People want to have Hillary Clinton locked up. People want to have justice brought to these people. Virginia Roberts, all these other people who are part of this whole situation. You see, it's so it's it, the collusions there. It is almost disgusting. Uh, the, the the drip feed, the drip feed of information surrounding all of this. Like, check this out. This is from Tyler Durden. Uh, they've republished it over there at the Minds Unleashed. It says Epstein did not act alone. Prosecutors target co-conspirators in court hearing. We put this up August twenty seventh. It says, Jeffrey Epstein sexually abused me for years. According to, accuser, or according to accuser Courtney Wilde, who told a U.S. District Court in Manhattan on Tuesday that Epstein's death, ruled a suicide, quote, robbed myself and others and all the other victims of our day in court. Wilde called Epstein a coward during the hearing to formally dismiss the case against the dead pedophile. Quote, I feel very angry and sad and very angry and sad and justice has never been served in this case, she added. U.S. District Judge Richard Berman said that, uh, that Epstein's August 10th suicide was, quote, a stunning turn of events and that accusers should be, should be heard during today's hearing, quote, because of their relevant experience. Up to 30 women. Up to 30 women! You didn't hear anything about this in the news. Up to 30 women came to, to testify against this guy. Mainstream media didn't say anything. So where are the feminists now? Where, where are they? Where are the women's liberators? Where are the women's rights movements people? Where are they? Up to 30 women were expected to address the court along with prosecutors and Epstein's lawyers. Lawyer Brad Williams, who represents dozens of accusers, said that 15 women he, he represents will testify on Tuesday, while another 20 declined. Quote, some out of fear of public exposure, others because the way in which this case ended will never be will never bring full justice and they decided it was best for them to not talk to, to not talk about it today another accuser who did not disclose her name told judge richard berman on tuesday quote it didn't feel good to wake up that morning and hear he allegedly committed suicide quote i still feel like i'm learning the ways he impacted me that woman said a third woman who also did not give her name said quote i think that many of us will never heal from what has happened to us today Quote, as destructive as that relationship was and as much of a villain as we've created him to be, based on facts, we've created him to be a villain, but he's a complex villain. According to the prosecutor, the dismissal against Epstein, quote, in no way hinders their investigation into other co-conspirators or the prosecution of new defendants. Furthermore, the government may explore, quote, the possibility of seeking civil forfeiture of any assets that would facilitate the crimes charged in this indictment. Yeah, of course he didn't act alone. That's why you got the whole mainstream media just, just like a parrot, just doing it right there. Of course they wouldn't. What would they do? And I truly do hope those women get restitution. But again, I ask you, where are the feminists for that? 
I mean, where's Kristen Gillibrand talking about uh, Jeffrey Epstein, about women's rights, you know, about 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 rape culture? You know, they never they never use these critical moments to explain the injustices that are really going on. They have to create and fabricate issues for everybody else. They can't use these real-world things that are going on. It makes me sad to see these women's lives thrown away, besmirched, undervalued. We need to know what happened to these women, and we also need to know what happened to Jeffrey Epstein. Because people do need to seek restitution. They do need justice. Not revenge, not vengeance. But they do need justice. They need closure. And without getting to the bottom of this, these people, you know, they can, they can never move forward. You see. So to switch gears, again, little, little switch gears, and then we're going to finish up this segment. Let's talk about the Amazon fires, because this is, again, more of the rage against the establishment. 74,000 fires in one year alone. Some of them caused by intentional setting. Some of them actually trying to clear brush uh, a lot of... A, a lot of stuff surrounding that, but extraordinarily curious, you know, uh, and this is just a curiosity that I had noticed that I kind of just want to get on record while we're talking about these fires in the Amazon. Uh, I think everybody has an understanding or at least like an inkling that these things didn't just naturally happen, right? That you just don't, uh, you know, you don't just magically start all these fires, but there's another angle I want people to take a look at right here and then I'll play a I'll play another clip for you guys but it says uh, Brazil green lights hundreds of new pesticides even as half a billion bees drop dead this is from the common dreams they reposted it over there at the mines unleashed we put this up August 23rd this is pointing to the billion pointing to the deaths of more than a bit more than half a billion bees in Brazil over a period of just four months beekeeper experts Beekeepers, experts, and activists are raising concerns about the soaring number of pesticides green-lighted for use by the Brazilian government since far-right President Jair Bolsonaro took office in January, and the threat that it poses to pollinators, people, and the planet. Indigenous and green groups have expressed alarm about the dangers of Bolsonaro's anti-environment policies, especially for the Amazon rainforest since even Bolsonaro's inauguration. Recent reports highlighting that, that the Bolsonaro government has approved a record of 290 pesticides so far this year have further heightened worries about its environmental agenda and its consequences. Quote, between December 2018 and March of 2019, more than 5 million bees were found dead by beekeepers in four Brazilian states. SciDev.net reported Friday, citing figures revealed earlier this year. Quote, beekeepers, beekeepers associations and agricultural authorities suspect this was caused by widespread use of two classes of pesticides, fripanil and neonicotinoids uh, on flowering crops. Fripanil is banned in the European Union and classified as a possible human carcinogen by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. A study has shown the, that neonics are harmful to bees. The EU and countries such as Canada have moved to outlaw them, while other nations like the U.S. under the Trump administration have defied scientists' warnings and ro rolled back rules. In Brazil, Bloomberg noted Monday, quote, the die-off highlighted questions about the ocean of pesticides used in the country's agriculture and whether chemicals are washing through the human food supply system, even as the government considers permitting more. Quote, the death of all these bees is a sign that we are being poisoned. Carlos Arbodo Bastos, president of the 
Apriculturists Association of Brazil Federal District told Bloomberg. So my, my thought process, one of the reasons why I, I, I wanted to read that to you guys, my thought process with these Brazilian, with these fires, is if you're spraying, as, as we heard right there, 500 since December of 2018 into March of 2019, 500 new pesticides, some of which have been banned, killing off bees. Well, yeah, I'm sure that would have a detrimental effect not only on the agriculture, but on the environment and the biodiversity as well. You see. That's why this is just, that's, that's why this isn't easy. You see, that's why I want people to kind of take a, just a different look at what that really means. That's not a simple feat. You see, but here's the crazy part. Check this out. Because people are aware of the dangers of pesticides and what's going on with the actual, uh, with the actual Amazon, you have G7 leaders agreeing to give $20 million as a, a, a financial aid package to address the fires raging in the Amazon. I'm going to play for you guys this clip, and then I'm going to tell you something crazy about it right after. Yeah, hey, Sahana. Well, we got an announcement today from the president of France, Emmanuel Macron, that at least initially $20 million is going to be set aside to help do immediate relief for those wildfires that are raging in the Amazon. It's been one of the signature issues for discussion here at this summit. Climate change has been on the agenda, and there's been almost a crisis atmosphere around those talks as the world's lungs, as the Amazon rainforest is called, has been burning. Now, this $20 million amount is not a lot when you look at the wealth of the G7 countries who are gathered here here in Biarritz, France, but we're told that this is really just a starting point. Other countries are also reaching out directly to Brazil uh, to see what they can offer in addition to cash. Canada, for example, we're told, had Christian Freeland call the Brazilian government to see what assistance Canada could offer. <clears throat> And in addition to the possibility of money, for example, they have expertise and, and, and workers, firefighters, with experience in fighting wildfires in western Canada. So potentially there could be a human resources deployment to Brazil should they ask for it to help them deal. Yeah, hey, Sahana, yeah. Well, we got an announcement today from the president. So interesting there. Uh, but you have, the G7, you have the G7 agreeing on a financial aid package uh, to help fight the wildfires raging in the Amazon forest and will commit 20 whole million to the effort, according to the New York Times. And so <laughs> for our audio listeners, you were unable to see it, but the video I was playing, uh, it had French President Emmanuel Macron and Canadian President Justin Trudeau looking like a bunch of schoolgirls slapping their knees together, just having a good old time, but the Amazon's burning. They're just like, <laughs> look at us being rich together, just oh, you know, oh, oh, oh. like they're the best of gal pals, and these are world leaders. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm hearing some of the Canadians aren't too fired up about Trudeau either. Uh, and, and remember, it was Emmanuel Macron that compared himself to the Jupiter, to uh, the Roman god Jupiter. So. These, these, these are the people. $20 million is not enough. And, but here's the kicker about all this. Whenever the G7 said that they wanted to give uh, Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro that $20 million to stop the Amazon fires, guess what? Bolsonaro said, I will accept that aid whenever uh, French President Emmanuel Macron retracts his insults about Brazil. So we have, and I'm sure this is, just, it'll, it'll stop, I hope. I hope I hope that world leaders can bury their ego for the rest of us. So what they're essentially saying is that once once they get over one another, then we can start helping the planet. This is this is nuts. This is legitimately nuts. You have 20% of our of our oxygen just gradually being eroded 
while these guys are playing teacup. What is that? What is that? And as the as the announcer said, reading that, how there was an era uh, or, or a an era of climate crisis around it. You've got to understand that a lot of these people, from from a, a lot of these things that you're seeing, these unnatural disasters, all of this is being used to set the stage. It's being given. It's being done to give these eco-extremists, these, these environmental extremists, all the ammunition they need to say, you see, look, look at, look at man's contention. Look at, look at how he treats the planet, you see. But this is, it, it truly is nuts. This is what I mean by the rage against the establishment. This is what I mean by being able to take a step back and look at what these people are truly offering and what they're doing, too. They only want you focused on what they can control. They never want you to ask questions about everything else that they've done and what they're doing. That's why this is so that's why this is so dangerous. Because not only are we dealing with megalomaniacs and narcissists, we're also dealing with 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 with, with psychopaths, with people who are truly disconnected from reality. This is why you have all of the new crop of Democrats out here in America trying to show you how natural and normal they are using things like Facebook, Periscope, and Instagram Live. It's just like, it, it makes you cringe. But that's what I'm telling you. These people are not connected to what's going on. As I read before at the start of the transmission uh, with the Sons of Liberty Media about how 70% of Americans are, are, are upset about the political establishment. This is it. It's everywhere, you see. And this is something I want you guys to think about while we're on this break. Maybe that's it. We're always talking about collapsing capitalism. What about the corporatocracy? What if that's how it works? What happens if politics and government fail? If these people, these elected officials, what happens if they actually fail? What comes after that? But I'll tell you what, gang. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about Nestle planning to take millions of gallons of water from the Florida Natural Springs. KFC debuted in their plant-based chicken. That sounds strange. Uh, the Chick-fil-A, Popeye's controversy, some of that good stuff, as well as Johnson & Johnson ordered to pay $572 million due to their involvement uh, in the opioid crisis. That's right. We're talking about exposing the extinction agenda, exposing their extinction efforts. There's a lot of different things being done to squash that spark of divinity inside of you. But here's what's going to happen, gang. Like I said, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this. Thank you. 
We're back. We are back. That's right. And we haven't gone anywhere. Unless we did. Unless we didn't. We are still here with you good people trying to figure out how to make sense of all this chaos. But I think that's the crazy thing about it all at the end of the day is we're not supposed to make sense of chaos. Chaos is just what's supposed to happen. We're so... We're supposed to find the order at KO. We are supposed to build it. That's how they that's, that's that's truly why they are doing all the things that they are doing. Because we were given all the tools that we need to build the appropriate future, but are we committed enough? Are we focused enough? Time reveals all. That's why nothing can stay hidden forever. Even the deepest mysteries are unearthed. As well as your intentions, are they being revealed? You see, nothing can stay hidden forever. Everything has to be brought to the light. And we are back. That's right. What are we going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about uh, essentially environmentalism. Environmentalism. How it affects your biology. How it affects you. What's going on? Why does it feel like they're weaponizing the environment? Why does everything feel so, so hostile and toxic? What is going on? This is not normal. This is clearly not normal. You know, I think uh, we, we, we left off talking about uh, the collapse of politics, the collapse of organized uh, government, and essentially replacing it with the technocracy and the corporatocracy. You see, it was religion and governments. Those were the institutions of the old world order. But because we are gradually moving into this new world order, to well, technology, media, and intelligence, Tim... The other part of the military-industrial complex, you see technology, intelligence, and media, the technocracy and corporatocracy, that's the new institution. That's why a Fed book has more, more power than some governments. You see. But we left off with that cryptic thought, that cryptic message to you good people. Why we should start thinking about that. The social credit score system. You see, that'll play a huge part in what we talk about in the next uh, segment. But really, let's talk about this, the environment. Let's talk about uh, what's going on. Just before coming on to the air, uh, you know, there's information coming out about Hurricane Dorian. And, you know, I just couldn't help myself but start thinking, gosh, are we already back in hurricane season? Because I'm, I guess I'm thinking of Hurricanes Harvey, Irma, Maria, Katya, and all, and all, um, and all these other ones. I'm I'm thinking to myself, wow, Puerto Rico just basically got rebuilt, if that at all. They still there are pictures out there where there is still water. Like like massive shipments of water <laughs> that is untouched. And, and and Florida's about to get hit again. I remember reporting on what was going on in Texas with Hurricane Harvey where they were spraying chemtrails. They hit equipped like AC one thirties. I think it's AC. I think it's HC 130s. It, they had equipped planes with chemtrail dispersal, uh, chemtrail dispersal equipment, uh, not only to combat the mosquitoes that were going to be in the area, but to to just 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 combat the effects of it. And now we have Hurricane Dorian spiraling towards 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 Florida. So we'll see what happens with that, and if other parts of it. Uh, for the hurricanes develop as well. But what's up with all these unnatural disasters? 
you know, and every time I start talking about climate change, environmentalism, you know, uh, chemtrails, geoengineering, weather modification, hurricanes, again, these unnatural disasters, I have to use all those different factoids. Again, you, if you start telling people that Bill Gates and Harvard are teaming up to spray uh, calcium carbonate in the sky, they wouldn't believe you. If you told them disgraced CIA director John Brennan appe appeared, um, I think it's, it's not the World Economic Forum. I forget where he had appeared, but he had talked about stratospheric aerosol injections. Spraying stuff into the sky, the aluminum, the barium, and the strontium. Again, how do I know these things? What, why, what are we doing with all these chemicals and these, these things? What's up with that? So if you don't think all the efforts that they are doing will have a dramatic effect upon us, the environment, and thereof, well, you've got another thing coming to you. But I digress. Let me start getting into stuff for this segment. Johnson & Johnson has been ordered to pay $572 million in a landmark trial. Who would have thought that that baby powder contained all those drugs? Let me get into this. We put this up August 26th. It's by Tyler Durden of Zero Hedge. It says, in the first of potentially thousands of verdicts against pharmaceutical companies accused of inciting the opioid epidemic, an Oklahoma judge ruled on Monday that Johnson & Johnson must pay a $572 million penalty for allegedly helping to fuel the opioid epidemic with irresponsible marketing practices, Reuters reports. Judge Thad Balkman of Cleveland County District Court in Norman, Oklahoma, issued the ruling shortly after 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Monday. The penalty was only a fraction of roughly $17 billion that the plaintiffs had been seeking, helping send J&J Shock's shares uh, rocketing higher in the after-hour sessions. The case, brought by Oklahoma Attorney Gener General Mike Hunter, is the first of potentially thousands of lawsuits filed by the state and local governments against opioid manufacturers and distributors that could go to trial. Only a few cases have been settled, according to Bloomberg. The case is critical, legal experts say, because it will, provide it will provide defendants with a clear benchmark for what they can expect. If Johnson & Johnson is forced to pay a penalty, Hunter hopes to use the money to help Oklahoma mitigate the fallout from the opioid epidemic over the next three decades by funding treatment and prevention programs. The seven-week non-jury trial was closed, watched by plaintiffs and defendants in some 2,000 opioid lawsuits pending before a federal judge in Ohio. The judge has been pushing for a settlement ahead of an October trial. Opioid-related overdoses have skyrocketed in recent years as users migrated from pharmaceuticals to street drugs like heroin, much of which is now tainted with powerful synthetic drugs like, or powerful synthetic opioids like fentanyl. And that fentanyl is coming from China. Just got to stop that right there. They are flooding us with drugs. They are killing us. And I, 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 on, I have played videos where people have died. Uh, not died. They've overdosed and then they've been brought back with the Narcan. And it's crazy. It is crazy. I mean, I remember, I remember a few years ago uh, with, with that synthetic marijuana, K2 and Spice, seeing people uh, like zombies, man. Like they would smoke that stuff and they would just turn into like they would turn into street lamp posts that the Hong Kong protesters would try to come take down. They would just be stuck standing and still like Michael, like Michael Jackson. He couldn't even like walk as slow as some of these people. And what, what, what am I saying through the drugs and the culture and just all of it, man, they are just trying to kill us. It truly is an epidemic from the, <laughs> because we're going to be talking about fluoride uh, and how, 
fluoride and prenatal pesticide exposure and how it's linked to uh, changing in teenagers' brains, i.e. what happens when these, 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 these mothers, whenever they consume some of these, these vegetables or any of these things that are sprayed with these harmful pesticides, you know, all of this stuff is very real. I know people don't want to hear this. It sounds like fear-mongering. You have to be given the information and informed to make educated decisions. And you can't do that if you're all if you if 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 Johnson and Johnson and Purdue Pharma have turned you into a junkie. You see, I talk about it all the time about how, and we'll get into this too about how ADHD medication alters your brain structure. They don't want you to be able to connect with you. They don't want you to have rationality. They don't want you to use logos to use your reason. That's why they have to depreciate you. They have to dehumanize you so that they have the right to kill you. It truly is wickedness. Uh, let, me get, let, me, let me finish up here. It says, lawyers for the state of Oklahoma argued that J&J conducted a years-long marketing campaign that minimized the drug's addictive qualities. Johnson & Johnson has denied wrongdoing. The Johnson & Johnson trial was held after Oklahoma resolved claims against Oxycontin maker Purdue Pharma in March for $270 million and against Teva Pharmaceutical Industries in May for $85 million, leaving Johnson & Johnson as the lone major defendant. That's right. What about the crack epidemic that no one has ever paid for? Yeah, that's right. The point is, justice is, is even if a small amount of justice is still being done, that, that can just show you that we're on the right path. That's why I'm constantly posting about the effects of cannabis and, and of CBD oil. But if you don't think that Big Pharma is trying to get involved in that, I, I, I can assure you that you are surely mistaken. Microsoft is getting involved. Bayer and Monsanto are both getting involved in mer medical marijuana, and this is why we need to hold their feet to the flame as well. But before we do that, we need to focus on what caused this problem in the first place. These drugs that they keep giving us, they are, they are poisons. This, they are, they are band-aids on scars. They are the worst thing ever. They turn you into a junkie. They change your brain structure. They, they, they alter your biochemistry. And for what? And for what? And now they're getting caught with things like I said before. Synthetic, thing, synthetic opioids such as fentanyl. It's like a hundred, almost, it's like, it's, I forget what the metric is, but it is a ridiculous amount stronger than heroin. And the fact that we're even just talking about heroin willy-nilly is just beyond me. <laughs> so it's like the cocaine that we talked about last week that Mexico legalized. That's not enough. Shucks. Let's just start getting some heroin, some fentanyl, some, 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 uh, uh, some hydros, some oxys, some lorries, some Zoloft. Let's just give me a lobotomy. We have millions of drugs, millions of air quotes cures, and yet we are all still sick. 50, I, uh, just, I need to... We, I was going to talk about how 50% of the population are, are, are taking some kind of prescribed drug. So this is ridiculous to me. It, it, it truly is. It's, it is almost astonishing. And that's what I'm telling you. If, if you th this is why you're seeing the zombie apocalypse out there. The only prescription drug I'm on is vitamin D. I need to give me some sun. I need to get me some earth. I need to get me some green. Some 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 uh <laughs> I need to get me some of that green mirror. But here's the dangers and here's the problem of why we also need to hold people like this to the flame. This is the problem with 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 not knowing what's going on environmentally and trying to raise awareness about the the the, the true state of the planet.
right here. You have Nestle planning to take 1.1 million gallons of water per day from Florida Natural Springs. That's right. Nestle Waters, which produces two labels of bottled water out of Florida, purchased the Jenny Springs water bottling plant in January. Let's take a listen. Well, the big business of bottled water versus the fragile Florida aquifer. The Nestle company wants to bottle drinking water from Jenny Springs. Our news partners with the Florida Times Union reported that Gilcrest County has already approved the company expanding a bottling facility there. But some environmental experts are saying this may continue to deplete Florida's aquifer. Troy Class is on your side tonight, reporting on the potential benefits and risk. You can find the source of water in a water bottle, typically on its label. But in Nestle's case, they are trying to get water from Ginny Springs and not even pay for it. The Florida aquifer feeds bodies of water like the St. John's River. Shannon Blankenship with the St. John's River Keeper says most companies getting water from the aquifer follow the same path. They don't pay for the water, so they pay for the infrastructure, they pay to get their permits, and then they're able to sell the water and make profit off of it. Right now, Nestle is planning to expand its spring water resources to Ginny Springs. Well, the big business of bottled water versus Crazy. the fragile Florida aquifer. I believe it, though. It's like they literally just buy the rights to be able to pump the water out and then just build the infrastructure over it. It's like they're not actually buying the water. They're buying the land and buying the infrastructure around it so that they can just harvest the water as a natural resource. Think about think about that. The, the calculated corporate evil of that. Let me get into this. We put this up August 26th. It's from your newswire by Sean Antalabi. It says Nestle is planning on take to planning to take a staggering 1.1 million gallons of water a day out of an ecologically fragile body of water in Florida, prompting the outrage from locals. Nestle Waters, which produces labels of bottled water out of Florida, purchased the Ginny Springs water bottling plant in January. The Guardian.com reports opponents say the fragile river, which is already officially deemed to be in quote recovery by the Suwannee River Water Management District after years of earlier overpumping, cannot sustain a large draw, a claim Nestle vehemently denies. Critics are fighting to stop the project as environmentally harmful and to stop the project as environmentally harmful and against the public interest. Meanwhile, Nestle, which produces its popular Zephyrils and Pure Life brands with water extracted from the similar natural springs in Florida, has spent millions of dollars this year buying and upgrading a watering bottling plant at a nearby High Springs in expectation of permission being granted. The company needs the Suwannee River Management District to renew an expired water use permit held by a local company, Seven Springs, from which it plans to buy the water at an undisclosed cost. Nestle insists spring water is, rapidly re is a rapidly renewable source and promises a, quote, robust management plan in partnership with its, legal, with its local agents for a long-term sustainability of its water sources. Yet company officials concede in letters to water managers supporting the, supporting the permit requests that its plans would result in four times more water being taken daily than Seven Springs' previously recorded high of 0.26 million gallons for its customers before Nestle. So think about that. They already know that they're asking like a ridiculous amount. <laughs> Continuing on, it says, quote, the facility is in process of adding bottling cap capacity and expects significant increase in production volumes equal to the re requested annual average daily withdrawal volume of approximately 1.152 million gallons. Uh, George Ring, natural resource manager for Nestle Waters North America, wrote in a June letter to the Sewanee District Engineers. 
So basically they're saying they're going to take that water. They've already bought the next plant. They've bought the land. They're just waiting for you guys to give us your price. Write it down. Here's a blank check. You tell me what works for you. So how would you feel? How would you feel if uh, Nestle, who's giving you your water, Target's running around, or Target and Pizza Hut are running around, filling in potholes. Elon Musk is running over to Puerto Rico to give them the power wall to, to test it over there. Nestle's running around trying to just grab up all the water it can. Bill Gates is, is teaming up with Harvard to spray chemtrails. It's like, who, who, who's next? Oh, my bad. Uh, DNA, or 23andMe and Ancestry.com, they're teaming up with GlaxoSmithKline to sell your, your, your biological DNA, to, to tailor-make drugs for you. Who else? You see, this is what I mean by the corporatocracy and the technocracy. This is what I mean by exposing their extinction efforts. They don't see us as people with personalities or an individuality. They see us as accessories. They see us as, pro as, 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 as products. They see us as numbers, useless eaters, consumers. You see. But we don't talk about what these people are doing. We don't talk about the damage and the ramifications of such things. This is why I've all... <laughs> This is why I always tell you guys I have like a villainous hatred towards Bill Gates. Not only because of what he does here in America, but what he does also in Africa. Heck, what he does across the entire world. But again, what these people are doing. Monsanto, Bayer, it is these big corporations harvesting the earth. Harvesting the energy of the earth. Like something out of Final Fantasy VII. Taking the materia from the earth. I just read to you guys about how uh, Nestle, or how Johnson & Johnson, Purdue Pharma, and other people are involved in the opioid epidemic, and how, how dangerous it is to your biochemistry, how dangerous it is to your mental state, I, uh, then I went on to read to you about how Nestle is just taking water from the earth and then repackaging it to you. Remember a few years ago I used to tell you they're going to sell you free energy? This is the type of stuff I'm talking about. But here, check this out. This is in that same kind of vein of, 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 of looking at what's going on and how all this stuff does affect us. It does bioaccumulate right here. Prenatal pesticide exposure linked to changes in teens' brain activity. I remember reading this like a few, uh, a few months ago, ironically enough, but it resurfaced and I thought it was, I thought it was important. Uh, we put this up August 27th. It's from Natural Blaze. And before I get into it, I want to explain to you why it's important why it is important because in the oh, 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 we're going to be talking about the plant based chicken uh, plant based meat beyond meat lab grown meat uh, all this stuff it's the chemicals the biology and all, all this all, this stuff is really crazy uh, it, it, it's, it's interesting fascinating but it's sometimes crazy to try to reproduce into a public consumption format uh, essentially what I'm trying to get around to is through the excessive exposure of chemicals and having our, 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 our biologies change from the inside, that's not going to do anything good. And while these things are all beneficial on the, on the surface level, we don't really understand what the, what, what, what the epigenetic factors of consuming these types of things are. And this is a perfect example of the epigenetic factors of things that we don't really understand. Uh, but let me get into this. Organophosphates are among the most commonly used classes of pesticides in the United States. 
despite mounting evidence linking prenatal exposure to the chemicals to poor cognition and behavior problems in children. A new study led by the University of California, Berkeley, researchers is one of the first to use advanced brain imaging to reveal how exposure to these chemicals in the womb may changes, uh, changes brain activity. The study, which appeared this week in the journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, uses, uh, used functional near-infrared imaging, FNIRS, to monitor blood flow to the brain of 95 teenagers born and raised in California's Salinas Valley, where agricultural spraying of pesticides is common. Compared to their peers, teenagers estimated to having higher levels of prenatal exposure to organophosphates showed altered brain activity while performing tasks that required executive control, the study found. Quote, these results are compelling because they support what we have seen with our neuro, neurophysiolo, neurophys, neuropsychological testing, wow, uh, which is that organophosphates impact the brain, said Sharon Sagiv, associate adjunct professor at the epidemiology of UC Berkeley and the lead author of the study. The teenagers were part of the Center for the Health Assessment of Mothers and Children of Salinas, uh, CHAMCOS, a longitudinal study examining the effects of pesticides and other environmental toxins on childhood development. The study was initiated by UC Berkeley investigators more than 20 years ago. Previous CHAMCO's work has linked prenatal, prenatal organophosphate exposure with attention problems and lower IQ in children. In the current study, the researchers used FNIRS to measure brain activation while, teenage, while teens aged 15 to 17 engaged in a variety of tasks requiring executive function, attention, social cognition, and language comprehension. So what they're trying to say is that these organophosphates, when they're spraying them, they have all of these effects. They are lowering your executive function. They are lowering your attention. They are lowering your social cognition. They are lowering your language comprehension. And this is, again, what I meant at the start of the transmission by people who cannot communicate and who pe with themselves and people who cannot connect with themselves. And if you have a mass of dumbed-down people, a mass part of the population who are un unable, to effectively uh, unable to effectively express their displeasement, that is going to create war. That is going to create contention. This is why they want to dumb the language down. This is why they want to brainwash you. This is why they want to make you focus on the most simplest and stupid and, and the dumbest of things. Because if they can trap you in a, a state of arrested development... These children, these teens, they were 15 to, eight, 15 to 17, then they can keep you there. They can trap you. You will grow up, but your mind will not. Before coming on to the air, there was an article from the Mysterious Universe talking about how, uh, by Sequoia Kennedy from Mysterious Universe, talking about how the first artificial memory has been created and implanted. So what you've got to understand is that we are dealing with people who understand society in a completely different way. And we were talking about attacking people literally in the womb. What do you think abortion is? What do you think these vaccines are? You're, you're attacking people who don't have the ability to protect themselves. That's why that is so dangerous. I mean, think about what literally just came out last week about the damaging effects of fluoride, of fluoridated water, and how it lowers the IQ in children. While the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention hail fluoride as one of the top 
great public health achievements, a new study raises questions about its role in children's development. The U.S. Public Health Service considers 0.7 milligrams of fluoride per liter of drinking water an optimal level. But the study in the journal JAMA Pediatrics suggests increased levels of fluoride exposure during pregnancy are associated with declines of IQ in children. Previous research shows similar findings. The study assesses more than 500 child and mother pairs. It finds for every one milligram per liter average increase in fluoride intake by a mother, there was a 3.7 drop in the child's IQ, wow. regardless of gender. Katie Johnston, WBC News. Thank All you, Katie. Centers for They're telling you that your public water is poisoned. But again, my question goes to, is the pesticide from all these things that they're spraying, maybe in the, in the, Brazil, uh, the Brazilian Am Amazon forest, who knows, is that stuff running off into our water? This is what I mean by chemical cocktails, where they're just, boom, just lay it on you. Boom, lay it on you. Just eat that stuff. Get it in you. Take those shots, drink that fluoride, you know, don't ask any questions. <laughs> don't ask any questions. Don't you ask any questions. So here's a, here's a good way to switch up. Talking about stuff in this segment. Uh, speaking about not asking any questions. The entire world's talking about what Jeffrey Epstein's doing. But, you know, for somehow, for some god-awful reason, uh, Americans just want to focus on chicken. I just, I legit sometimes don't even know what to do. I have to laugh because it's just like almost, it's, it's clearly it's nervous laughter for for sure. For sure it is nervous laughter. Uh, but it's also sad. The mainstream media is finally reporting on child sex trafficking. You know, the Brazilian Amazon forest is on fire. You got Hong Kong protesters out here waving American flags, singing hymns in the street. And Americans are like, yo, I just got to get that chicken, bruh. <laughs> wow. I, they really did that. They, they really got y'all shook like that. They really have you programmed. You really don't see. Wow. Oh my bad. I'm sorry. You caught. You probably caught the VMAs watching. You probably watched the VMAs where Taylor Swift made her her comment. You saw John Travolta almost give it away to somebody else. <laughs> no, but don't worry. We are literally being entertained to death. We are literally being entertained to death. The world is on fire. A fervor is being lit into the hearts and the minds of people that want change. But for the slaves, the, autom the automatons who can't think for themselves, go get that chicken. You better go get that chicken. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I'll say this and I'll start getting into breaking all this stuff down. <laughs> I had said this on our, um, this past Sunday on our most recent Fellowship and Freedom episode because I have a uh, I have four chickens. Should be having five. Should have got that fifth one. But I have four chickens, you know, and they have free housing. They have free education, free health care, uh, free everything. Akin to what some of these modern day Democrats want. They want free everything. So um, is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, is she one of my, should she be one of my kids in cages? <laughs> and I say that tongue in cheek. 
But not really, you see. That's, that's why they say they want to keep you on the plantation, you see. They don't want to even, even the level field. They, they don't want to even the level playing field, no. They want to keep you domesticated. And what better way to keep you domesticated than to just force feed you stuff? Force feed you nonsense. Force feed you t- to play your games, to play your emotions against you. Congratulations, you played yourself. You entertained that circus and therefore you became the clown. So, go ahead, America. Eat up that chicken, bruh. You guys all just got Kaepernicked. That's, that's how I see it. You all got Kaepernicked. But what is this doing in the exposing extinction uh, ap- aspect? You see, during the whole Chick-fil-A and Popeye's chicken, little, 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 little square off, right? Because I think, didn't Popeye, I forget who sold out of their chicken first. I'm not even going to try to look it up or think about it. Uh, but because, you know, you had the two little little newcomers fighting trying to trying to get everybody's attention guess what happened kfc came out and debuted plant-based chicken and sold out in five hours they're like oh that's cute what you got i see what you guys are doing over there look at you chick-fil-a look at you uh uh popeye's chicken i am so proud of you guys for trying to get into the market kfc is like it's the wrong one when blam we're dropping plant-based chicken now that trips me out but I'm going to go ahead and play for you guys this quick clip and then read you some of the caption. KFC's plant-based chicken sold out in five hours. Beyond Meat and KFC have revealed that their Beyond Fried Chicken test in Atlanta sold out in less than five hours on August 27th with lines, quote, wrapped around the restaurant from the moment the store opened. KFC sold as much of the, quote, meatless chicken as it typically sells popcorn chicken in a week. KFC plans to study the results of the test decided to decide what happened next, which, would, which could include a larger test or a full-fledged rollout. This article comes from Dulce Ruby over there at Collective Evolution. They put this up August 28th. It says, yesterday, KFC debuted its plant-based chicken. Beyond Fried Chicken at a single Atlanta, Georgia restaurant. This product was developed in partnership with Beyond Meat and could be ordered in two varieties, wings or nuggets. Both of which you'll never know if they're actually real wings. Uh, But continuing on, it says, why is this news? Well, if you've been following the mainstream growth of plant-based diets, you know that this is not the first partnership of its kind. Beyond Meat has hit the market in partnerships with A&W, Tim Hortons, Big Burger King, Subway, and now perhaps due to its popularity... KFC as well. This event was really a test to see if they, KFC, should expand distribution as part of an official menu edition across the board. And based on the response, I am sure we will start to see this vegan option availability spread like wildfire. Despite the rain, reports from social media say the lines of cars were more than a mile and a were more than a mile long and double looped around the block. Videos show people waiting an hour or more to get a taste of this new product and support the movement. Let's say let's let's start with the obvious question. But is it healthy? Well not really, and that's not really why people go to fast food restaurants either. The truth of the matter is, for something to be truly healthy, it would have to be holistic in its entirety, meaning that it would have to be a whole food unprocessed. This is why health proponents are focusing on whole food plant based diets, not just plant based diets. Regardless of diet's pre- diet preference, 
it is nice to see people lining up to the idea to, that we do not need to consume animals to indulge, indulge every now and then. With more and more companies and establishments seeing the demand for plant-based items, we are now seeing more options at our local restaurants, fast food chains, and grocery stores offering similar products to those we grew up on with like taste and texture, without the need for an animal to die for us to enjoy the meal. On top of that, it requires 99 less water, 93% less land, and 90% fewer greenhouse gas emissions, and 40% less energy to make Beyond Meat products which can, when compared to the beef product. So what are we talking about? Congratulations to Chick-fil-A and Popeye. You guys did whatever it is that you were trying to do. But how does this tie into exposing extinction? You see, the push for plant-based diets and plant-based meats. You see, back in show number 906 and 907, we talked about how the University of London is trying to ban burgers to save the planet. And I talked to you again about how organophosphates... You know, organophosphates and some of the pesticides, how they're probably probable carcinogens akin to cigarettes. Where are these things being created? That's my main issue. I'm not against uh, plant-based meats or any of this other stuff. I guess I'm just very curious about the construction of them. I'm not saying I condone animal cruelty or an industrial animal farming either. But what I am really trying to get across to you guys is we don't know what the long-term exposure of these things is going to do. This is why when you go look at some of the some of the people who were vegan but are not you if you listen to why they left the vegan movement it's because their body began to be, be malnourished began to eat itself it would like eat the calcium like of their bones just just so it could have like minerals and I'm like that sounds atrocious but what is what is this this plant-based chicken or this this whatever this is this beyond meat this stuff that they're doing this lab grown meat does it have the proper nutrients? Are we going to be able to live off of these types of things? Again, remember that the UN is trying to push a vegetarian vegetarian agenda by 2050 to save the planet. There was a Harvard scientist that also suggested not eating meat to live longer. Everything I'm trying to reiterate to you guys is the gradual push. And if they can program the population to just... Don't ask about the Amazon. Don't talk about those Hong Kong protests. Don't ask any questions about Jeffrey Epstein. Just go get you some chicken. Well, how many people do you think are going to develop like abnormal, abnormal diseases? Strange things. You see, they have to test these things out. They, this, this isn't... We are the... T <laughs> people get so upset because animal testing and animal cruelty. We are now the animals. This is what I mean by the corporatocracy and the technocracy. They, they're, they're rolling it out on us, seeing how people like these things. Is the FDA approving these? Is the, is the EPA approving these things? We don't know. We're just not trying to get labels on GMO products. <laughs> so so the, this is why I have such a, a, a issue is because we cannot operate in a state of, of ignorance. And while I understand the whole plant-based movement, the vegan movement, and so much more, I also look at the origins of it. And so from a from a from a not necessarily conspiratorial point of view or whatever you would want to call it I'm looking at it and I'm just taking into account how many different factors come with this where this is all leading to you got Monsanto and Bayer getting involved in agriculture you got KFC getting involved in plant-based meats I guess I'm just putting two and two together and saying well how long is it until these guys start working together like how crazy would it be to find out that 
like KFC gets its like French fries or its, or its potato wedges from people like Monsanto. Like I'm sure if we were able to do some kind of study, follow the money, we would see how many of these people are connected. It's like six different companies create 75 percent of the opioids here in America. That's and it's also six different companies that own the major or six major media companies that own all the media. So that's why I'm using these big name people to show you what is going on. Bill Gates is getting involved in Beyond Meat as well. Does that make you feel happy? Where did he get the meat from? So I, you know, this is all just stuff that is very, very crazy. But here's what I want to do to try to end this out on a good note because I am actually very excited for plant-based air quotes chicken. I'm very curious to see what will happen from that. I guess I'm just, it, it's just, it's just crazy. It's just interesting. It, you know, is it even chicken? Is it even meat? Where was it grown? I have chickens. They have eggs. So it's just, it truly is interesting, uh, all of this stuff that, that we see going on. But to end things on a relatively good note, to combat what I would consider exposing their extinction efforts, right here, this is from Emma Fiala. We put this up August 28th. It's from the Minds Unleashed. It says, man ditched chemotherapy, essentially cancer-free after using CBD. And what I'll do is I'll put the link for the description bar below so you guys can go get you some CBD. Use promo code FREEDOMFACTION to get 15% off. Uh, but check this out. George Gannon was told by the doctors in Koh Phat Nan, Thailand, that he had only months to live after a grave diagnosis of not one, but 12 brain tumors. After the diagnosis, an immediate return home to the UK and a brief treatment, Gannon took matters into his own hands, achieving stunning results. The 30-year-old from Bassingstoke, Hampshire, began using cannabidol oil, CBD oil, in December of last year before stopping chemotherapy treatments in February due to the significant deterioration of his health caused by the powerful chemotherapy tablets prescribed by the NHS. Gannon told the Southern Daily Echo, quote, that the medication I was being subscribed to was literally destroying me. I looked like the poster person for cancer. I was so ill. It all got very dark. It felt as though the doctors assumed I didn't have long enough or didn't have long left and just kind of gave up. There were talks about me going into a hospice at some point. That's when Gannon and his girlfriend began researching alternative methods of treatment. The more they read about CBD, the more promising it sounded. Again, use promo code FreedomFaction to get 15% off. Link in the description bar below. Or just go to New Leaf Naturals and get you some CBD oil. Put in. Freedom Faction gets you 15% off. Continuing on, it said, Gannon explained, quote, I made the decision to come off the drugs by choice and decided to take a natural path using cannabis oil instead. After three months of CBD oil used three times a day at a cost of uh, 1,300 pounds a month, that's roughly $1,500 here American, scans show the Gannon's tumors stopped growing. The 3,000-year-old started to, quote, feel like a completely new person within five weeks of using CBD. I suddenly had more energy and was behaving like normal. I could tell something had shifted, but I wasn't sure. Following the positive news, in April of this year, Gannon committed to one more low dose of chemotherapy. Quote, long-awaited MRI results have revealed just this month that Gannon is essentially cancer-free in less than a year. Gannon explained, quote, it was quite surreal, was shaking like a leaf. It was the best news we could have ever imagined. Back in December, I was told I probably wouldn't survive. The doctor literally said it was the best day of his medical career. Now, now I'm essentially cancer-free in less than a year. And that's what I want to mean. We have all the tools here at our disposal, but we just need to get the mindset that is appropriate for us to seize that day, to seize the freedom, to seize life, 
to not obey. Because sometimes disobedience truly is freedom. And that's what I mean. We have to expose these things so that we can get over the hump. Because where these people are trying to take us is nowhere pretty. So we have to determine where we would like to take ourselves. But I'll tell you what, gang, guys and gals, we're going to take a quick break. And when, I, when we come back, we're going to be talking about where these people are trying to take us into the post-human era. How human supremacy is rapidly coming to an end and how cyborgs may replace us. They're saying that human genome editing would lead to discrimination against non-genetically altered people. And NBC News has actually come out saying that heterosexuality, it's just not working. That's right. We're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. Salutations, my friends. I'm here to talk to you about, that's right, CBD oil. CBD oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts, and you know they're trying to flood us with both. According to a 2013 study published in the British Journal of Clinical Pharmacology, CBD was proven to have these benefits, relieving pain and inflammation, having antipsychotic effects, reducing anxiety, helping to fight cancer, relieving nausea, treating seizures, lowering incidences of diabetes, and also promoting cardiovascular health. Realize that in 2014, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb your usage of opioids as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noisera, Freedom Faction, out.
We're back. Not from outer space, from cyberspace. That was supposed to be a cool synthwave sound. Bing bang boom bash meow. Something cool, all like that. But anyway, we're back. We have re-logged into the Factions of Freedom program. Running segment three. That's me entering the code. I think I'm just getting all nerdy and excited for the Matrix to see the green code on the screen again. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Factions of Freedom, show number 909. We're in segment three, the post-human era. We left off talking about uh, a man, 30-year-old man fighting cancer. 30-year-old George Gannon fighting cancer with CBD, which you can find in the description bar below or on our website or at the bottom of every single website article, every single podcast episode, because they have been the main purveyors and the main ones trying to keep your boy on the air. New Leaf Naturals, I, I, I get, would we call them a sponsor? Shucks, I guess so, huh? Look at that. We left off that previous segment talking about uh, the exposing extinction efforts and why we have to begin to take back our life into our own hands. Or just, you know, go to KFC, go get you some chicken. They didn't run out. <laughs> oh, man. Like, they really they really have us like that. I think that is just so crazy. They have a, a decent amount of the population just wrapped around their fingers, man. Tell them, jump off a cliff. They'll say, all right, which one? They'll, they'll ask you to take them there. Can I get an Uber to that cliff? You know, and I, and I, and I, I make a joke about this, but it's actually very deadly and sad. Uh, the amount of ignorance that is out there. The the lack of discernment, the lack of understanding, the lack of compassion, the apathy, the nihilism, the depression, the anxiety, the mental illness, uh, the, the, the lack of autonomy, and how we are truly creating automatons. That's what I mean by the, by the zombie apocalypse. It is, it is sad. Because no, humans are not meant to live this way. We are meant to be free creatures. You know, I look at the works of Leonardo da Vinci, man, and I just, I, I, I wish I was, I wish I was like that. I wish I could be like a, a writer, a poet, a scientist, like an adventurer, a painter, and all these things. That's why I constantly try to tell you guys that the only way we are going to get out of this is through, 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 through conscious entrepreneurship for one, but also being uh, Renaissance-based and, and and pushing for a pro-human future. Everything I keep trying to reiterate to you guys is just that. It's not about the race, other than if it's a human race. And that's why they're trying to scapegoat even that with the transhuman nonsense. You see? So I, I, I guess I just see how beautiful and powerful we are, even here in this, in this meat suit, and realize that there's even more to us than that. But I just I see where they're trying to take us, and it frustrates me. So I look at the works of Leonardo da Vinci, Michelangelo, and the great artists, and the great philosophers, and I just... I want to do that. <laughs> so, with that being said, let's 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 start this uh, this segment. The post-human era. So, we started off this week with an extraordinarily controversial post. This is something I would consider controversial. I guess everybody else considers Chick Fil A or Popeyes controversial. I call I I consider human supremacy rapidly coming to an end uh, controversial. Because we're talking about Silicon Valley. We're talking about social credit score system. We're talking about 5G. We're talking about the technocracy. 
We're talking about the Matrix. Uh, we're talking about transhumanism. We're talking about all of that. Human supremacy? <laughs> Coming to an end. Rapidly? We're just getting started, I say. Uh, <laughs> this is... it's. Let me calm down. Let me try to approach this in the way that it needs to be. And I'm telling you that everything they're doing from ushering you guys to go get Chick-fil-A or Popeye's and when I'm talking about the radicalization process that the that the that, that America's undergoing and the entire world's undergoing, when 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 they're gradually telling you that yeah no fluoride does lower your IQ, that no we are poisoning you that you have been poisoned, what they're doing and this is part of I don't know if it's a kabbalistic magic, like the Jewish Kabbalah magic, but they have to tell you these things so that it has twice the effect. And when, when, when they're able to pull off these things in front of you guys and, and, and talk about all this stuff and people act like it's not happening, it, has, it really does do twice the effect. That's why people, uh, people if you, uh, we, we commonly talk about with the war on drugs that people uh, practice escapism and things of this nature. But if, 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 if that's the case with drugs, well then does that mean that people are practicing ignorance and practicing denial of reality when confronted with these types of things? My common stance with race has been one that we stay focused on the human race because the machines are coming for us. The machines are coming for your jobs. Not the, not, not the impoverished uh, migrants that are coming from different parts of the world. The machines are coming for your jobs. Not, not people who are having children. The machines are coming for it all. And because people don't have a proper understanding of, of, of where we're at, where we're going, and what's going on, they begin to Again, practice that ignorance and denial. They, they, they practice that escapism, and they don't understand what's, what's actually happening. But let me get into this article. This is from the Drudge Report feed. We put this up August 26th. It says, uh, human supremacy rapidly coming to an end. Cyborgs replace us. For tens of thousands of years, humans have reigned as our planet's only intelligent, self-aware species. But the rise of intelligent machines means that that could soon change perhaps in our own lifetimes. Not long after that, Homo sapiens could vanish from Earth entirely. I want to... just kinda, I kind of just want to pause on that real quick. Because I'm really trying to break this down in a slow, slow, slow form fashion. San Junipero in the Black Mirror episode. Or in the Black Mirror show. And for people who are familiar with the San Junipero, I'm going to give you some spoilers. It is the building the matrix that I'm always talking about. Except the world has not been destroyed exterior-wise. It's just that people are, are uploaded into the cloud and they live their life, their end-of-life care. They offer like uh, consciousness transference to the cloud as a form of end-of-life care. Like if you're dying and you're, you're, about to, you're about to die or you want assisted suicide or euthanasia, you're able to be hooked up. To, the, to, to some type of apparatus to where your consciousness is then transferred directly to this virtual reality called San, San Junipero where you live forever young. Now, that is one example of it. I talked about in the Leaving the Piscean Age episode and how we're going into the Aquarian Age that we're, 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 we're getting a completely different understanding as to what consciousness is in humanity. Our lifetimes, our telomeres have been dramatically reduced we should not be living comfortably to a hundred. We should be going well past that. But we're on the ladder. We're on the latter end of, as this article said, of the tens of thousands of years that we've been here. And so humanity is about to go underneath, undergo a massive change, a massive shift. 
That's why that's that's why I have to spend so much time explaining things in a completely different fashion because it's not just cut and dry. People want a simple ex- explanation. Think about how many different factors we have to pull in just to make a simple statement. But my point is this: they're trying to they're trying to get us back to being a source collective consciousness to where that we abdicate our individuality. And that's what a robot is. That's what a cyborg is. It is an extension of something else's will. We are an extension of God's will. We are an extension of the divine creator. You came from a mother and a father. You were not grown in a tube in Monsanto's laboratory or Bayer's laboratory or Bill Gates's laboratory. You were not grown in some gestation tube over there in China or at the Dulce base in New Mexico. You, ha- you, you have history. You have legacy. That is all about to change. And the transgender movement will lead to the transhuman movement, which will lead to this, to the singularity. This is what they mean by, could cyborgs replace us? It'll get to a point, and this is the crazy part about it, it'll get to a point to where you'll, you'll, you'll have the option of having a body. To where you will abdicate your existence here, terrestrially, upload your consciousness to the cloud, digitally, and then, because they'll have the technology, they'll ask you if you have the creds, if you got the cash for it, you can make an avatar. Go look up the Avatar Project of 2045. You can have an avatar, which is just like a robot, where your body's downloaded, or where your consciousness is downloaded into it, but you won't be human. You see, you will still remain attached to the cloud. Truly, truly crazy stuff. That's, <laughs> that's why when, when Elon Musk is talking about his Neuralink and his brain-to-machine interface and Fedbook trying to come up with their own brain-to-machine interface, you have to understand the dangerous implications of what these people are asking and what they're telling you. That's, that's why they tell you, we can't have two of you walking around. We got to kill one of you. You see? It truly is like something else. But here, let's, let's get back into this article. Uh, that's the jarring message of a new book by James Lovelock, the famed British environmentalist and futurist. Quote, Our supremacy as the prime understanders of the cosmos is rapidly coming to an end. He says in the book, Novacine, the understanders of the future will not be humans, but the but what I chose to call cyborgs that will have designed and built themselves. James Lovelock Lovelock describes cyborgs as the self-sufficient, self-aware descendants of today's robots and artificial intelligence systems. He calls the looming era of their dominance the Novocene, literally the new New Age. These days, there's no shortage of modern-day Luddites warning that technology will soon overwhelm us. But Lovelock's bold predictions stand apart. Unlike techno-skeptics, including University of Louisville computer scientist Roman Yamplosky, Lovelock thinks it's unlikely that our machines will turn against us, Terminator-style. And unlike utopian like futurist Ray Kurzweil, he doesn't envision humans and machines emerging blissfully into a union that some call the singularity. Rather, Lovelock views the rise of technology through, the, through an evolutionary lens, in keeping with his decades of research and thinking that ecological and biological systems. He also brings the, uniquely, the unique perspective of scientists who's just marked his 100th birthday, with a deep awareness of changing scientific fashions and with nothing left to prove. It's an onlook that pushes him to conclusions at once optimistic and deeply disturbing. The end is already beginning. The first stages of the Novocene are already underway. Lovelock argues he cites, he cites the examples of AlphaZero, a computer program that taught itself to play the game Go, and then quickly beat, went on to become the world's best Go player. 
Think about that. Just, just really think about that. I'm trying to get to the part uh, where, where we're talking about Alpha Zero, cyborgs, and uh, the Gaia hypothesis and stuff like that as well. Uh, but today's computers can already process data as, fat, as far faster than we can. With fully independent artificial intelligence, he says tomorrow's cyborgs will equally easily become a million times smarter than we are. Lovelock imagines cyborgs filings, cyborgs filling everyone, every evolutionary niche on the planet. I think of cyborgs as another kingdom of life, he says. They will stand to us in much the same way as, our, as we ourselves, and the kingdom of animals stands to the plants. What would cyborgs look like? Lovelock is intentionally vague because he expects that they'll rethink the basic rule of design in ways that we puny humans cannot imagine. Quote, cyborgs would start again. Like Alpha Zero, they would start from a blank slate, he writes in his book. He speculates that they might look like spheres, though when pressed, he says, quote, it's entirely possible that they would have no form at all, existing mostly as virtual forms inside computers. Whatever their form, the cyborgs will be so far beyond us in intellect that they may dismiss us as part of a planet's background landscape. Alternatively, they, may, they, they might appreciate us in much the way that we appreciate the plants. This possibility appeals to Lovelock, who likes to spend his days in the garden around his cottage in Dorset, England. Quote, think about the way you go to a great arbitorium. He says, once established, the cyborgs will remain dominant on our planet. The Novocene, Lovelock says, will probably be the final era of life on the planet. It's the path of Novocene. This isn't the first time Lovelock has rocked the scientific world with a big controversial argument. His new idea about an impending cyborg takeover draws on a sweeping idea that originally made him famous, the so-called Gaia hypothesis that he and biologist Lynn Margulies developed in 1974. So what they're basically saying is it's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the environmental agenda. It's the green agenda. It's Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, Agenda 2050, the technocracy, the scientific t- dictatorship. It's all of it. It is, bang, humans are bad, we need to kill them to save the earth. But hold on now, what happens if, and this is, this is what happens, because technology and the environment will be used to usher in the Antichrist in this new beast world system. They will deem humans, as, as you already see them doing, they call it the Anthropocene. That's, the, that's the, the time frame that we are in. They're saying that humans' detrimental impact upon the earth is so noticeable that we have literally left a... Uh, an imprint in the sedimentary or the sediment of the of the earth like we're in a completely de- a completely different geological epoch we're in a different age you see and so this is what they're saying comes after this this is the new new age once we've literally extincted ourselves or 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 been brought down to the point of extinction well that's when these things will come through you see but because technology and the environment will be the main proponents the technology will see us as a detrimental force upon the planet. That's why I'm telling you this is an anti-human agenda, but continuing on, it says, In the Gaia view, our planet behaves as a single self-regulated organism. Over the four billion years since the dawn of life, biological processes have steadily modified the atmosphere, lands, and oceans to keep Earth inhabitable. The sun has grown brighter, volcanoes have erupted, asteroids have struck, and yet our planet has steadily maintained the right conditions for liquid water and carbon chemistry, the essentials of life. Initially, many researchers took a dim view of the Gaia hypothesis, but in recent years it's become respectable. Quote, the concept of Gaia is quite key to our growing understanding about life in the universe, says David Grinspoon, an astrobiologist at the Planetary Science Institute in Tucson, Arizona. Paul Davies, a physicist at the Arizona State University in Tempe, calls Gaia, quote, a useful concept in stressing how biological and geological cycles are coupled. 
The skeptics are back regarding Lovelock's latest prognications. Uh, quote, nobody knows how this will unfold, but we don't know how brains work or what consciousness is, Grinspoon says. Quote, and specific predictions about artif artificial intelligence and its futures impact seem to, be, seem to depend on specific, untested, unverified answers to these big questions. But Lovelock believes that advances like AlphaZero mean we don't have to look too distant into the future to see how the story will unfold. The crucial step that started the Nova scene was, I think, the need to use computers to design and make themselves. He writes, it, is now, it now seems probable that a new form of intelligent life will emerge from an artificially intelligent precursor made by one of us, perhaps from something like AlphaZero. So what are we talking about? We're talking about human supremacy coming to an end. We're talking about cyborgs replacing us. We're talking about the Matrix Part 4. That's where we're at. It, 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 I don't, again, I don't know any details. Hollywood hasn't said anything about the Matrix Part 4. I'm just letting you know that our current day resembles the proto-Matrix. The, the, the very first Matrix. Before we, before we go in here, that's, that is the only thing I can see them doing. Is, is, is showing you how we are about to just plunge into the black mirror and never come out. But see, here's the even crazier part about it. The more I start finding myself thinking about it, like Neo, he, he, he was born of the Matrix. He was born in the Matrix, but not of the Matrix. And so, this is, this is just getting, it's getting weird out here. It's getting weird trying to digest and explain all this stuff for you guys. I kid you not, man. You know, I wanted to use this segment to talk about, you know, the 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 social credit score system, the the genome editing and CRISPR uh, editing human sperm and stuff like this. But that's where it's going to lead. It's going to get to a point to where we're sterile, we're we're unable to to where some people are unable to procreate, and you're already seeing this happen now with infertility up and stability up uh billy gates you know he's working on a digital contraception pill i i talk i jokingly talk about the mad jeller you know this just hardcore radical feminist chick who's just like running around with male contraceptive gel running rubbing it on people's genitals as they as making them stare out like we're already seeing it right now but what happens whenever we, we whenever we can't keep up that 2.1 birth rate this is what I mean by the dehumanization, exposing their extinction efforts. These people are scientifically calculating the eradication of humanity. I'm not talking about the Georgia Guidestones to where they can keep us underneath a, a, a sustainable level. This is, again, using, using technology to, 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 to orchestrate all this, using technology to make us more in harmony with the environment. You see, we're already in these birth stages of it. That's why I freak out. That's 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 why I get angry is because I don't see people raising alarms about this, but Donald Trump said something, so go ahead and get angry. Better go get that chicken, America. It's like, good Lord. Good googa It is almost mind-blowing. But that's where we are. I want to play for you guys a real quick clip while we're talking about this. Families in fear over 5G towers in their neighborhood. They feel like they're living in a microwave. So we're talking about sterility, infertility. I, I made a wicked evil joke about the scientific, uh, the scientific Satanists, the technocratic occultists, and how 
how willing they are to put 5G towers in school zones, giving children cancer. But they will not tell you about these types of things. They, like, you've got to think about the calculated evil that we are up against. That's why this is nothing. This is not normal. This does not come from light. And I understand that these people, they come, they they they, they try to take the stance as their father, the devil, being the adversary and being the accuser. They feel like they have a right to do these things to bring forth what they call the new man. I constantly talk about how they want to create the conditions for for the spirits of their entities to come through. That's what they're doing. They feel like they have a right to put us through all of these trials and through these adversities to bring forth their chosen Messiah. To bring forth the Neo. You see, because that's what the archetype of Neo is in the Matrix. He is literally somebody who... who, who is bored with this who has who sees no no attachment to this existence and knows that there is more who realizes that paying bills and cheating the system and doing all this other stuff that's 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 just that's boring there's something else here there's something else to him he wants to know more he followed the rabbit hole he followed the rabbit hole until he literally transcended his entire existence that's why I'm like, there's so much veritas and gravitas to what's going on in the Matrix. I just hope people have a, 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 a true understanding and understanding of what all that means. And I hope it just doesn't get social justice warriored. I hope it doesn't get sucked. Uh, but here, let me play for you guys this quick clip uh, from CBS 13 of families in fear of living next to a cell phone tower. Yeah, Tony and Adrian, Mayor Steinberg is trying to position Sacramento as the demonstration hub for new technology. But of course, with everything new comes questions about public safety. And as Verizon puts up hundreds of these antennas up around town, tonight we spoke with concerned parents and also UC Davis professor leading research on 5G who says you do not have to worry. You know, losing sleep, just worried about our daughters, really. Aaron and Hannah McMahon have a 5G cell site on a pole right outside their pocket neighborhood home. They're worried about cancer or other long-term health effects. They can't tell me that something that's new and, and relatively untested is going to be unharmful in 10 or 15 years. Sacramento was one of the first cities in the nation to get Verizon's 5G high-speed technology, but some say it was done with little debate over putting transmitters in neighborhoods. They got sold on flashy and new and smart city and, and they didn't take the time to think of the people who were actually going to have to live through the testing. Unlike yeah, Tony and Adrian, Mayor truth. Steinberg is trying to position Sacramento. Maybe, maybe she was talking about the testing of KFC's plant-based chicken. Maybe these people in Sacramento saw what the people in Hong Kong were doing with their smart lamps, their smart street lights, and were like, I don't want that here. Maybe these people actually know what they're talking about. What a crazy concept. And the fact that they're being under, oh, uh, undervalued and underlooked is so dangerous because you have great people like Justin Harvey of We Are Change leading the fight against 5G. You have Derek Bros of the Conscious Resistance going to become a, uh, in the mayoral race in Houston to try to raise awareness about 5G. The, we, we know what we're talking about. But because we don't have the almighty dollar to seal the deal, it doesn't get heard. It falls on deaf ears. Pearls before swine. You see. But how is this human supremacy coming to an end? These 5G towers, I'm telling you, if you think the damages are bad now, you wait till they get turned on. 
if they're already subtly affected, like the, the, the space between your brain and your skull, it's not that big. And your cell phone is eroding it. And when I talk to you guys about the, about, I mentioned real quick briefly about how the, the vegans, how some of them do get malnourished, their, their calcium gets eaten, right? Because their body needs, it needs the minerals. You don't understand, or at least I hope, I hope you guys are beginning to get a picture of how deadly some of all of this is. And so let's, let's just say they're able to just, just break down uh, your cranium to a degree to where you're easily much more suggestible. Are your thoughts your own? I commonly tell you guys, you are not your thoughts, you are not your feelings. But how much, how true is that going to be here in the future if these people have the technology to implant thoughts, implant feelings, implant all these things? Children are developing cancers, brain tumors, and all kinds of other things by living next to these. Maybe, is that why they remove lead paint from our houses? They said, oh, because kids are eating the chips. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. Or is it because it was the one thing that could stop some of these, 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 these penetrating radars? That could stop these lasers? And the detrimental effects they're having on our biology. This is what I mean. It's literally microwaving people's DNA. Rattling them until they just like just, just explode. And, and, and this is the crazier part that people don't understand. It, it might not affect you immediately. But it affects your DNA, which guess what? Your offspring is going to have. This is what I mean by epigenetics, what you're passing down. So when we're talking in the previous segment about exposing extinction efforts with, the, with, with pesticides being linked to prenatal exposure or prenatal, uh, prenatal exposure to pesticides leading to lower IQs, it's the same thing with fluoride. They're dumbing you down so that by the time you get here, that's why autism is up. That's, that's why all these things are happening, you see. But because we are dealing with, with, with calculated evil, with something so sophisticated, it's almost dangerous. Uh, not even almost dangerous. It is dangerous. You know, I was, I was saying this, and I'll get into it, because it'll, it'll, it'll make a perfect... It makes perfect sense for where I'm going to go. The devil cannot create anything. The ruler of this realm cannot create anything. He can only take what is here, control it. He can only capture it, control it, and convert it. That's all the devil can do. The devil cannot create. All it can do is capture, control, and then convert. Turn you into one of the automatons. As I told you before, we are tied. We, we, you were born. You were given the spark of divinity. You were, you were given life through the creator God. And some people might even say that you chose your parents. That's a different discussion for a different day. You are here for a divine purpose. But if the devil can capture you, control you, and whip you into a frenzy like some of these meth-head Antifas, then congratulations, you've been converted and given over to your father, the devil, the father of this world, the god of this world. And that's how this works. You see. That's what the five, that's what all of this is. That's why I'm talking about it in this segment. The post-human era. That's why they have, you, they, have, they have to set it up to where you, just like with Jewish magic and Kabbalistic, uh, Kabbalistic magic, it doesn't work unless you give over your authority. It does not work unless you believe. That's, what, that's how faith and belief in magic sometimes work. They have to get you to get involved you have to give over 
your life force. When you have that Apple phone, you see that that Apple's bit, you, know, you, you sign the terms and agreement, you know what it is, you can't back away from it. So it has twice the effect because you agreed to it. You agreed to be programmed. You agreed to bite from the very same apple that Adam and Eve did. You now know good and evil. But if you choose these things, if you choose to be of your father, the devil of this world, then you will be converted. You see, let me get in this article right here just to start tying stuff up for you guys so we can start shutting this down. Right here. This is from Xavier Simmons of LifeNews.com. We put this up August 27th. It says, Human gene editing would lead to discrimination against non-genetically altered people. And what they're basically saying is that in the future, people who are... (laughs) People who who are these blue avians, people who are like half human, half animal hybrids, you know, half monkey, half hybrid, half crocodile, like crocodator man, you know, or 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 whatever whatever's going to be in the future they're going to say that it's going to lead to discrimination against regular day humans like me the video i'm going to play for you guys after this is how uh, apparently heterosexuality is just not working like every i guess none of us are straight i guess nobody's normal anymore but you see that's how it is today they 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 they're having that straight pride protest out there in modesto california and apparently they don't want that at all. The LGBTQP agenda says, no, you better not be straight. So this is where the transgender agenda will lead. They will have to outdo themselves from being trans to being like something else. They'll come up with their whole, with a whole new classification of human. My bad, I'm sorry. Not human, of just creature. You see, they will turn themselves into the Nephilim. They will turn themselves into the Baphomet. They will turn themselves into the Sphinx, into the Manticore, into the Minotaur, into the Centaur. They will turn themselves into these creatures. So yes, human gene editing would lead to discrimination against non-genetically altered people. Let me get into this. It says CRISPR gene editing technology is still in its early stages of development, yet it is already being touted as the most significant technological developments of this century. The CRISPR-Cas9 gene editing techniques allow researchers to easily alter DNA sequences and modify gene function. It relies on a protein, Cas9, which acts like a pair of molecular scissors and is capable of cutting strands of DNA. CRISPR has been widely used in the United States and elsewhere to gene edit crops for desirable traits, and scientists are hopeful that they can gene that they can edit the genes of the human genome for resistance to a variety of diseases, i.e., designer babies. A Chinese biophysicist researcher late last year, late 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 last year, announced that he had gene edited two IVF embryos for HIV resistance before they were implanted into the wombs of their mother. He's talking about uh, the Chinese bio the the, the the he's talking about the chinese scientist um, the biophysics researcher Hie Jianku, who came out publicly said he had made these two girls one of them was lulu i forget what the other one's name is he had made them resistance to hiv and then he just disappeared talked about literally genome editing things in the embryo and in the womb china says we did not condone this we don't hear anything else about him continuing on it says a recent edition of american journal Bioethics implores the implore or explores some of the negative implications of altering the human the human genome. In a Target article in the July edition of the journal, 
Monash University, bioethicist Rob Sparrow discusses the sociological and anthropological effects of widespread human gene editing. Specifically, Sparrow explores how the phenomenon of obsolescence would play out in a world where parents were altering the genomes of their children for the purposes of enhancement, as opposed to the therapeutic editing to eliminating uh, to eliminate congenital diseases. Sparrow suggests that success generations successful generations of children will have better genes than previous generations, leading to a situation where older generations will have will be seen as having a an outmoded genome. He writes, quote, people whose enhancements become obsolete may struggle to find that their outmoded and outdated genes as anything other than worse than the genes of the people born after them. Widespread gene editing could also lead to humans being able to see each other as ends rather than products. So think about that. Just just think about that real quick. They're saying that the one time that you'd actually decide to genetically enhance yourself could be good until the next time that that gene is redundant. And this is what I mean by the epigenetics, you see. This is what I mean by eugenics. These are the technocrats. That's what they're trying to do. They want to get you to a point to where they turn you into a monster. To where you to where these people willingly give themselves over. And that's what I find so scary about it. Is is, is that I know people will. What happens whenever it, that's the trophy, that's the thing to do. The, the the cool thing to do is not to cut your genitals off and become a she if you're a he. Just to change yourself entirely. Don't be a human. You see, but we're not even talking or thinking about the spiritual implications of that. But to finish this segment off, just to just to get this stuff on record to show you guys how this is not hearsay. Right here, NBC News: Heterosexuality is just not working. This article comes from News Punch. It's by Baxter, Baxter Dimitri. We put this up August twenty-third, and this clip comes from NBC News. Let's take a listen. Why would you make big assumptions about? Well, anything. Which brings us to a concept that is all about assumptions. Heteronormativity. Heteronormativity is the belief that everyone around you is heterosexual. If you view the world in a heteronormative way, then you're falsely assuming that everyone is straight. That nice girl you met at the party last week? Straight. The sweet old lady on the bus? Straight. Your new colleague that started last week? Probably also straight. Every stranger that you've ever walked past in the grocery store? Straight, 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 straight. But why would you assume that everyone you meet is straight? Queer people are everywhere. We're your colleagues, your friends, your religious leaders, your elders, and your cashiers. We are a fundamental part of the world, so the next time you meet a guy that you think is cute, don't ask him if he has a girlfriend. Just ask him if he's seeing anyone. Yeah. The next time you meet a woman wearing a wedding ring, Ugh, God, he's, all right, I'm good. So I'm just going to go ahead and stop that there. If you guys want to know more about that, you could check that out on our Instagram page. The information's all there, but I think you get the picture. These people are trying to drastically change what humanity is, and this is why I have always pushed for a pro-human, renaissance-based future. And you can see them fighting tooth and nail to take that away from us. We're supposed to be experiencing our divine energy as we make this shift not squelching it, not not condemning it, not smothering it. This is why I fight so hard for us to really understand why we are here on this planet, why we're supposed to be doing this, and what is going on, the time frame that we are in, because they are trying to take us into this post-human era. This is Rage Against the Establishment.
exposing extinction and the post-human era. Yeah, yeah. However, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. I know. As always, we typically go over a lot of different things, but that's again to give you that deep understanding of what's going on. I'll be sure to put the links for everything we discussed in the in the description bar below. If you want to know how this episode kind of went format-wise, make sure you download the show notes. And be sure to listen to the minicast we did earlier this week, The Elites Creating Fake Prophecy. If you want to get the part two, Spiritual Equilibrium, you have to become an exclusive member. But here's the kicker, gang. I'm taking a break next week, but when I come back, I'm going to be offering five exclusive memberships to start kicking off some other cool stuff that I have planned for you guys. But like I said, gang, that's all I really have for you. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, stay vigilant, expose lies, and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction, out. <laughs>